horror fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett for No Bench and Z. Joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing excellent. What are the odds of this, man? It's October, and we have a Friday the 13th. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. What you, It could not get any better. Not only is it the greatest time of year, it's the greatest other holiday of the year, other than Halloween, Friday the 13th. Fuck Christmas, fuck all of those. It goes Halloween, then Friday the 13th. That's it. Again, I've always been a big defender of Arbor Day, but I get what you mean. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, the trees are important. But, no, this is perfect. I love it. We get a Jason movie in Throbtober. I'm so happy. And it's one of the top tier Friday the 13th that we've landed on for this one. Oh, this is, like, definitely top, top Friday the 13th of anyone this is a lot of people's favorites personal favorites part six of course everyone knows that no shocker but this one is so amazing this one was right up there with part two um part eight is at the very bottom because it's shitty it's not at the bottom but i understand what you're saying man this is legit if you're ranking this is always towards the top of everybody's list and this is a go-to one of like okay i want to watch a friday the 13th movie which one do i want to watch Part four is always fun. Crispin Glover, Corey Feldman. And if you're newer to our show, one, thank you. Two, if you're expecting us to be one of those, uh, the Friday movies are subpar, bottom of the big slashers, you couldn't have come to the worst place because it's, huh. and mine and I th can speak for Brett here's opinion, it's my favorite of the big slashers. Brett has a tattoo. It's great. I love Friday the 13th. I will hear no opposition to this. I got a Friday the 13th tattoo before I got a tattoo with my wife. <laughs> and I knew her when I got this tattoo. So Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Spoiler alert, it was not. No, uh, they did, what, 12 of these? Yes. <laughs> they so did double, and then they go, you know what, let's do four more. Yeah, so they just said, like, this was supposed to be the end. The creators were ready to be done with it. Tom Savini came back because he wanted to kill Jason off. Like, he's like, yeah, I'd love to come and do that. And they, from what I understand, had intentions on letting it die here. But Paramount was like, no, it's making us too much money. Well, it's great because Tom Savini was like, oh, you want to bring me back? Okay, Tommy blows Jason's head up with this microwave ray that he built that they set up at the beginning of the movie that he melts like an action figure with. And then he cranks it up to 10 and shoves it in his mouth and his head explodes. They're like, don't do that. They're like, okay, well we're going to slice the head from top to bottom. And it's going to like fall over like a flower opening. They're like, no, maybe don't make his death so vital. And that's when they were like, Oh, this isn't the last one. No, they knew right well, then. Part five came out less than a year later. It was like 10 months and it was released. I know. They couldn't have even waited like a two year gap. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm happy about, but they couldn't have waited like two years for this thing. This was like X and Pearl coming out. Yeah. All right. Um, directed by Joseph Zito. You got the rest of the credits for me? Yes. Um, Frank Mancuso Jr. is a producer, which he had a lot to do with several of the Friday the 13th movies. Um, writer Barney Cohen, Bruce Salco, and John Wilkinson. Huh. Original uh, writer, uh, Victor Miller. And like you already said, Tom Zavini is back. Um, we got Harry Manfredini back, of course, with the score. You need him. Like, you can tell when he's not there. Yeah, and he even, like, kind of did a few extra, like, new things with this. Because love Manfredini's score. Man's a genius. Every once in a while, seems to take a little bit of the easy way out. Of just, like, uh, we'll throw a new filter over the old score. This one, he actually came up with, like, a few new, like, kind of parts Pieces, of it. yeah. For sure. And... We get a recap, but it's not, like, new footage to kick this thing off. They literally use the part two telling the story and just put it at the beginning of part four. So it's the exact scene from part two. I'm gonna give it to you straight about Jason. They never found his body from the lake. And then, like, you get the Jason's greatest hits montages and everything yeah. like that. 
which is a lot of fun. He's got a death curse. Um, <laughs> they were showing characters deaths, uh, deaths while the story's being told and we see them on screen. Yes. And we get an exploding hockey mask title card in this one. Yeah, which is really awesome. Like, boom, final chapter. And then it's just like white text on black background. Just very plain. But the score carries it through because it's so good. Yeah, and something I want to point out. This feels like... I know it's the, the third sequel, the fourth movie. This really feels where they're like, let's throw some cash at this one too. The opening scene here, like just with the police scene at the end of part three and everything really feels like they upped the ante for this one a little bit, like in the budget and everything like that. Oh, they got a helicopter. They got a whole crew coming in. They rented some like old ambulances and police cars. Um, they got even a the lot cinematography of looks, even the cinematography looks like more crisp and like polished and everything. Well, and they're like doing exactly. They're doing some shots they didn't do before. Of they had the Steadicam operator low, lowered down on a crane, and then he stepped off the crane, and that's when the scene starts. And he kind of weaves his way through everything, which is great. It's like the police are like showing up. Uh, there, Jason's still in the barn with the axe in his head. They throw the blanket over him. They put the axe in the evidence bag. The, the the way too small evidence bag for the axe, may I add. Yeah, the fingerprint part is just sticking out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just whatever. Just holding that. Just put the end in the bag. Uh, the ambulance people show up and they're like, oh yeah, go over there. Everyone's dead. They're all dead. And it's like, oh, well, great. Um, glad we had to be in such a hurry to get here. And they load up Jason's body. You get a little bit of a scare as his hand drops out. He scares one of the cops. Yeah, that's great. Where they do a lot of playing around. And if you pay attention to, like, up until he comes fully back, there's a lot of, like, little movements he does. Yeah. I love those so much of they load Jason up, they take him away, they strap him down. Like, 30 seconds before this place is swarmed with cops and ambulance people and like rescue people. There's a helicopter around. They all leave and it's like dead quiet once again. And I love yeah. how they hold on that for like a few extra seconds of like, Oh, now everything's almost back to normal, which is just so weird for crystal Lake. It is Um. also real quick. I just want to throw out, I know it looks cool, it adds, like, production value, but the helicopter here. I feel like you could tell them to go home if this is a real thing you're dealing with. You're a police on the scene, you're trying to, like, investigate, you're gathering evidence bodies, you're just over you the entire time, they're shining lights, kicking up dust. For some reason, they're shouting the orders from the helicopter, like they know what's going on. They're like, okay, let's wrap it up from the helicopter. Tell them to go home. Take your whirly bird out of here. The, the Crystal Lake police just want to play with their new toy. They're like, we haven't been able to, like, pull this out yet. Exactly. That's what it feels like. I want to mention also, this is the ending of the Friday the 13th long weekend. If we got Friday the 13th part two was on Friday the 13th. Friday the yes. 13th part three was on Saturday the 14th. And this is Sunday the 15th. All three of these movies take place over a long weekend, and not a lot of people realize that. This is both the ending to the Long Weekend trilogy and the beginning of the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. I love their weird trilogies. Yes, within the series. Yeah. We cut to the hospital, and we have this coroner who is the most stereotypical horror movie coroner that there is, sandwich on the body and all. I love the sandwich on the body trope so much. Like, I don't know why it's like so many of these 80s horror movies do this. Every time a corner's eating a sandwich, he sets it on the body to do the paperwork. I'm like, yay. Also, this guy is from Police Academy. If you remember yes, he the is. one that would he'd, he'd be like carrying like his briefcase and turn around and it would like smack someone else. It's that guy. Yes, it is. And we also have him being kind of creepy with real cute girl about one of the corpses. So yeah, he's checking every 80s horror corner box that there is. 
it's like, yeah, she's a real cute girl over there. And they're like, what? So it's like, well, all you got to do is they're like, hey, 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 buddy, slow down there. We're not don't want to hear what you do with the corpses after we deliver them to you. Eat your sandwich. And this nurse goes with him later to go watch. She wants to go watch the news with him. His name's Axel, by the way. And he's watching this bouncy girl aerobics video. And what shocked me, Brett, is they did not film this for this movie. This was a real video that existed. This is a very famous aerobics video because it shows up in a couple different horror movies. This is like one I would actually like to own and have on my shelf. And the star of this video would later appear in the Friday the 13th franchise. Oh, nice. But there's the news report and they start making out. And as they are, Axel puts aerobics back on. (laughs) Like he needs this to get hard. Yeah. And like two seconds ago, she was like, stay the fuck away from me. Like, don't touch me. I'm here to watch the news. Now she's unzipping her dress and she's getting all horny. This is one of the horniest Friday the 13th movies there are. And part five exists. This is right under part five, probably. And the remake, but yes. Yeah. But yeah, all of a sudden, Jason has horny senses and reaches down to fuck up the session, and Axel screams about Christmas way too many times during this Throbtober episode. It made me a little angry. It's like, you do not say the C word during the holy holiday. (laughs) Drops arm down, scares both of them. She takes leave. She's done. She's not making out next to the dead serial killer body, and Axel's like, okay, just resumes his aerobics program. But Jason gets up, and I love the kills. The gore is perfect. Perfect in this movie, Brett. I love it so much. And all credit where it's due, Master of Gore, Tom Savini, thank you. Savini shines through. He proves again why he's the master. Why you can tell when he's on a movie set. Yeah, and like, a lot of those people from like the, I was gonna say the Savini school, but that's a real thing. But like, that Savini class of people, so like, you have like, him, you have Nicotero, you have all those guys, they all have this specific feel that like, hasn't been replicated out of their group. Well, it's great because like, not only does Axel's head get like, sawed, they spin the head around, and this is all the actual actor, because they put him in a backwards body cast type thing. So when they spin the head around, that's still his face. So you get the real expression and whatnot, but you get the cool, like, oh, how did they do that? But it's, like, so simple. Yep. And the nurse is, like, doing inventory of all the stuff. She's freaked out. She drops some stuff, comes back up, and Jason gets her, stabs and, like, slices her by, like, dragging the knife down from the stab wound. It's an awesome shot. And I imagine this, like in like the torture porn era and let's say and all of her blood and guts are spilling out and she's like <laughs> this is done and in a classy way i'm fine with that too i like that stuff as well but yeah no this does it that perfect sweet spot also right here this is a, a well i'm gonna put on my nerdy friday the 13th glasses because i've been watching this series since i was six years old we get black wait you've been watching this movie since you're six years old brett Yes. You've never told me this. No? Oh, this has no, never like, come up on the show. I like this series quite a bit. Uh, this is what got me into horror. Yeah, I like Friday the 13th. Why are you just telling us this for the first time now? We get black fingernail Jason, and you see his skin is all gray and whatnot. What is Tom Savini known for? Other than Friday the 13th, Dawn of the Dead Romero stuff with the gray bodies and whatnot for the zombies this is the actual appearance of dead jason jason died in part three this is his body coming back we talked about this in part three you can have your silly head confirmed the director can say whatever he wants no i don't like it so i'm ignoring the movie yeah no stopping you there I like this is the beginning of dead Jason and he immediately fails and is killed again and then brought back again. I'm just going to move on from this because we'll be here for an hour just on that. 
But oh, yes. <laughs> next we're introduced to the Jarvis family. Uh, Trish and her mom are jogging as Tommy's inside the house just playing video games in a monster mask. <laughs> this is great. I love Tommy. Named after Tom Savini. That's why Tommy Jarvis is a mask person. Um, I love, he's like, I got 30,000 Galaxcore points. And his mom's like, how many robots is that? He's like, 35. Oh, by the way, played by Corey Feldman. Oh, yes. Corey Feldman, which it's so funny watching the behind the scenes stuff for this movie of like so many of the actors are like, oh, yeah, he was, you know, like a fun kid to be around. He was kind of obnoxious. He tried to be one of us. Ted White hated him. He would be like he was a great actor and he did his job well, but he was annoying little brat and he would not leave me alone. I was like, it's so funny that the actor that played Tommy Jarvis and Jason actually hated each other. That makes sense. <laughs> By the way, also named after Tom Savini and this kid's into special effects and monster masks and he makes them and it's really cool. However, Brett, I am not buying for a fucking second that this kid has created half of the things that he has made. This kid living in middle of the woods has access to like latex and molds and like these paints you have to use no yeah i'm i'm not buying it but i get what they're doing yeah it's fine and they talk about how some young kids are renting the house next to them this isn't at a camp this is just on crystal lake they own a house there's a rentable house next to them that's where we're at in this one I just like the last two nights, the Jarvises are like, why is everyone screaming constantly? I just hear this horrible screaming coming from across the lake, and I don't know what's going on. There's horrible screaming and a bunch of violin players. The whole time. <laughs> but, and then we cut to Crispin Lover in the car talking to his friend Ted about girl trouble. Uh, Crispin Lover, let's just talk about him for a second in this movie. He is bizarre, to say the least. Oh, like everyone's, or like Crispin Glover was in his own world completely while making this movie. Yeah, like you could tell, and some of the things aren't his fault, like the spastic dancing. That's not on him. He was doing what he was supposed to do. They changed the song. We'll get there, well, though. But, but that was Corey Feldman dancing. Or not Glover. Corey Feldman, Crispin Glover dancing. Yes. Um, but he is talking about girl troubles to his friend Ted. And said, like, well, let me put it in the computer here. He doesn't have a computer. He's just pretending. He makes all these typing, like, uh, charades and everything. And he goes, oh, it says here you're a dead fuck. It says you're a dead fuck. What? A dead fuck? A lousy lay. And he's like, oh, well, it's so great because he will be like, what did the computer say? It's like, come on, Ted, tell me. Uh, or come on, Paul. Which one? Ted. Ted. Yeah, come on, Ted, tell me. And Ted's like, says you're a dead fuck. Like, Crispin Glover's like, the computer's not real. He's like, what's the computer say? <laughs> And the dead fuck thing will go on throughout the entire movie. And I should be tired of it, but honestly, it amuses me to no end. Oh, and how, like, they, well, they keep ramping it up a little bit more and more. Of, like, they kind of changed the joke around where, like, I love the one time Ted has stuck his hand through his pants and has his hand, like, erect and this goes, you're a dead fucked. And has it, like, whoop. Um, they stop by this graveyard to check the map, which would be a pointless scene except for the one gravestone that we see. And this is the very first time we ever know that Mrs. Voorhees' actual name was Pamela. This is the yep. first time in the series since the first one that it's like, oh, she does have a first name. It's not just Mommy Voorhees. <laughs> it's Mrs. Voorhees. Um, the greatest mother we... in horror movie history finally gets a name. Oh, I can't even give it to her. I She's up there. I, I'd have to sit and think about this. That would actually be a really fun bonus episode because Psycho exists. So Yeah, but Norma was a horrible mother to Norman. Pamela loved <laughs> Jason so much. 
Oh, that would be a fun. We'll have to do that bonus round on Mother's Day sometime. I like that. But there's this hitchhiker on the side of the road. They drive past her. And I love that her the back of her sign, like where it's asking for a ride, when people drive past, she flips it around and says, fuck you. Oh, it's great because at first it's like Canada with peace and it's done in like tie-dye colors. So it's all peaceful and stuff. And then they drive by and Ted is a fucking asshole. He's like, hey, lady, you got a sister? Rough, rough. And she's like, fuck you. Which she's just prepared to be like, fuck you, asshole. And then she's like, I'm fucking fucking asshole. I'm going to have a snack. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a banana. That's a nice, nutritious snack. You know, I'm out here hiking. Nothing bad can happen with a banana. Jason shows up behind her, stabs her through the head. And this is not overly gory or anything, but awesome. Like, cause she like gets that death grip on the banana and like squeezes and shakes it out. It's such a cool scene. It's, it's disgusting because she smushes the banana and it like slimes out of the peel. And then yeah. also she's like the chewed up banana in her mouth. is like sloshing out. Which makes sense that she's spitting it up because she just got stabbed through the throat. But yeah, it's always throat. stuck out to me of like, I'm not going to eat a banana in a little bit. But the teens arrive at their rental house. Um, you get some little bits of character development, te- oh. well, character exposition showing who's who and everything here. I really love this is also where it's um the Jarvis. They, they really set up the Jarvis family as like a loving family. Remember how I said, like, I love the couple from part two of like, they set up a little bit of time of like these people who actually do care about each other. It's not like, okay, all they do is argue and then they have sex and then they argue again. Like, or like if it's a family, all they do is like, think of part seven, like you're an alcoholic. Why'd you hit mom? And she goes running away. Horrible family. This family's like, Trish comes downstairs and like all the leftovers are laid out on the counter, which I remember these nights. And sometimes it'd be amazing. Sometimes they would suck depending on what the leftovers were you had for that week. We'd be like tonight's leftover night. We have to eat some of this shit. Like I know we were going to have pizza, but we have meatloaf. We have Salisbury steak. We have ribs. We have that weird tuna casserole thing that I tried. No one liked. We just still do that here today. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. It could still be fun. But it's always like, uh, it's not new food. Yeah. And so all these kids are showing up to their rental. And you meet Sarah and Sam in the bathroom. And they're trying to... Sam's trying to set Sarah up with Doug because she has a crush on him and everything. And that's it. They're a bunch of horny teenagers. What do you expect? We also get introduced to Gordon. Hey, Gordon, you got a girlfriend, Gordon. Where you been? Tommy, shut the door. But I love Gordon the dog. He's like the cutest little golden retriever. And him and Tommy are like best friends. Oh, yeah. That night, Tommy's in bed and he looks out his window and the lights are on at the rental house and he's getting quite the show. Oh, my God, dude. I can. uh, This has to be. And some people say, like, oh, this is so unbelievable. Like, this scene sucks. Like, he way overplays it. I remember being Tommy's age and seeing something you're not really supposed to see. And you don't exactly understand it. But you know, like, oh, this is, like, a gold mine. what I'm seeing right now. Like, I know this is special. And you're, like, way overreact. Well, you are. You're kicking your feet around. You're screaming into your pillow. You're, like actually missing most of the cool thing you're supposed to be watching. I think I get what you're saying. And I get that part. Like you're like excited and happy. However, I don't think anyone is this level that Corey Feldman is being here. He's, he's rolling around in the bed, doing aerobic scream and just like watching. Like I thought he was having a seizure. I have had this moment. I remember sixth grade. I'm flipping around the pay-per-view channels. I come across the naughty channels that are supposed to be locked away and whatnot. I click on it. It's open. It's playing porn on the television set. I'm in sixth grade. I'm like, oh my God, I've hit the gold mine. I immediately pop a VHS tape into my VCR, start recording everything. It was on there for a week. It was the greatest week in the entire world. I was like, I was circulating tapes around the school. 
Like, I was the man. <laughs> but his mom comes in, he pretends to be asleep, and the mom sees and shuts the curtain and puts an end to Tommy's show. Oh, but she's, are you trying to fucking wake him up with how much you're kissing him and like put the blanket on him and rubbing his head? It's like basically like shoving his head against the bed like, good night! <laughs> <laughs> like, leave him alone! Why are you trying to wake him up so bad? <laughs> but, um, next day, the teens are on a walk and Ted is telling... Crispin, Crispin dead-fucked lover to get laid, and right then, two twins show up who aren't with the group but are going to hang out with them. These two twins are dressed exactly the same. I I know twins. I've known twins throughout my life. They yeah. don't do this. And no. not only are they dressed exactly the same here, same haircut, style, everything, they go through several outfit changes throughout the rest of the movie, and every outfit is exactly the same. Do you know who these twins are? No. They're the double mint twins from like the eighties commercials. There was, like, oh, the double okay, mint that makes sense. Gum, yeah. So I was thinking, like, what is like the modern day equivalent of this? Because, like, could you imagine, like, you're a teenager watching just TV? You're watching MTV. You're like, oh, the double mint twins. They're cute, you know, blah blah blah. Then all of a sudden, you watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. You're like, holy shit, they're naked. It's like if the AT and T lady, like, all of a sudden showed up in Terrifier Three. And it's like, holy shit, her or like Flo? Like, <laughs> why Flo? <laughs> hey, Flo's cute. <laughs> we cut to swimming at the lake and they're all skinny dipping and they're all, you know, horny teens in Friday well, the 13th. Right when Tommy and Trish arrive. It's so great because they're like, come on in. And Crispin Glover's like, ah, no, we all got no suits. And then Ted, like, looks at him like, are you fucking stupid? Because Ted strips down and is like, woohoo! And goes running in. And then Tommy shows up as Crispin Glover's, like, getting undressed. He's, like, taking off all of his, like, 80s layers. And Trish shows up. It's like, Tommy, don't look. And Tommy's like, oh, come on! And Trish is like, no. And then Tommy's like, come on, Gordon, we're too old, or we're too young for this. It's like, come on, Trish. I was like, I'm a bit overdressed, I think. But she's not a prude. She's not, like, being rude to them. She's just not into it. Exactly. And then it's so funny where um, Tommy and Trish are, like, driving down the road. And Tommy looks over at his sister and goes, bunch of hot, bunch of patooties, aren't they? And she's like, Tommy, don't be, the, don't be a weird, horny kid. <laughs> what kid? Even in the 80s goes... Hot, a bunch of hot patooties, aren't they? <laughs> Is he a grandpa from the 1950s? Hey, toots, like, who talks like this? Hey, Dame, how you doing? You want to go to the sock hop later? <laughs> but the car breaks down, and, dude, so many of these movies, I'm realizing, like, uh, Leprechaun, Phantasm, the small boy has to get out and fix the car all the time. Not only does Tommy have to get out to fix the car, Trish is yelling at him 30 seconds into it to hurry up. What's taking so long? Yeah, he doesn't have a screwdriver, though, which he needs. And luckily, right then, this backpacker, Rob, shows up to help them. Oh, hi. I am Mr. Manly Man with shotgun, and I am just in the wilderness. Do you need some help, young miss? <laughs> Uh, he gets it fixed, and like, do you need a ride? They give him a ride back. He's asking, "Is there any parties or gathering of te gatherings of teenagers going on around here?" Look, and we know why he's asking this. If yes. I'm Trish, I'm calling the police instantly. Well, yeah, Bill, because even like when he goes to fix the car, Tommy's like, "I wish I had like a screwdriver because I could fucking fuck with the solenoid or whatever the car." terminology is that he says and he pulls out a knife and tommy for a second you see this look on his face is like oh shit like what's gonna happen here but okay so friday the 13th part two happened on friday this is sunday this is the brother of the girlfriend of the greatest couple in the friday the 13th 
franchise. Those two that wandered into the camp. The underage girl. Yes. Okay. But those two are a great... I'm talking about the characters. Those two are a great couple. I'm not talking about what happened to her or the fact that she lied to get onto yes, the set. I know, I know, I know had the cut scenes. Yes. So why isn't he at the funeral? This is way too soon. It, could they even... They're like just filed a missing persons report probably. Because don't you have to wait like 24 hours to be able to do that? Isn't there like a period of time like... Well, there won't be a missing persons report because um, Jenny survived part two. So police obviously oh. went and found all the bodies and everything. It wasn't right. like all of the campers died. So he just like within a day has like shown up on scene with all these newspaper clippings. Yeah. <laughs> all this information is Wikipedia. It's not like he could just real quick. Oh. Wikipedia. No, he's going to the public library and looking through like microfiche and like clipping articles out secretly. I like that there were apparently no photographs of young boy Jason, but they have a composite sketch of what he might look like. And it just looks like this hideous monster sprouting things out of his head instead of hair. <laughs> it's looked like a potato that sat on the shelf for too long. Yeah, that's what the drawing of young Jason looks like. Yeah. Oh, right when they get home, Tommy just runs in with this strange man past his mom. Hi, mom. Mom, uh, who's this? And Trish's like, oh, this is Rob. And, like, this excuses anything, but takes him up to show him all his cool monster mask. I don't know who should be more creeped out, Tommy or Rob. Tommy, because strange man. Rob, because kid runs you up to his room. Puts a creature puppet on his head that is professional level effects and just goes, rawr, right in your face. I'd be like, I'm going to be murdered. Oh, and it's mom's reaction is just like, oh, Tommy, who's your friend? Like, who's the grown man you're dragging to your room? And I love he's like, hi, Mrs. Um, I don't even know your name. Yes. Uh, I do want to point out where Tommy, like, surprises him with, like, the grabber thing i always yeah. thought that was really cool looking oh yeah it looks sweet back at the teen house they're all partying dancing around and this is the world famous crispin lover dance scene oh, oh my god he goes over and he puts a record on and he goes over to one of the double mint twins and is like you want to come dance with me and she's just kind of looks at him and smirks like i don't know to this music and he's like, it's good. It, it's it, it's good. It's like me explaining a movie that I enjoy to Greg. And I don't <laughs> really know how to explain why I like it. I just, it hits that right nerve where I just go, it's good. Usually if it's a movie I hate and Brett tries to tell me why I like it, those are the only two words he'll tell me. And then I know I'm in for some shit. <laughs> but... Okay, so... Uh, Greg, um, you put in the music here real quick, and we have a five-second Crispin Glover dancing just to each other. Don't ask me to say, don't say you gotta say, oh, you are. Real quick, so the story, tell me if I'm getting any of the details wrong. It's been a while since I watched Crystal Lake Memories. But wasn't when they were filming the movie, they played Back in Black, correct? Yes. Yes, and then they changed the music on him. I mean, his dance is still insane. But if you're sitting there going, dan, 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 you can see what he's doing. He's in rhythm with it. But yeah. that only works if you know that fact. Because the song they play, tempo does not match it in the slightest. So he looks like the worst dancer on earth. Oh, I get what you mean, because I'm not a musician whatsoever, but I know, like, what you mean with tempo, where, like, Back in Black is, like, kind of slow, and this song is, like, don't ask me to say, like, it's all, like, over the place. Yes. <laughs> and they, but I love that the one guy walks over in a very close to Chris Chan t-shirt and changes the record, and, uh, Chris McLover's like, hey, man, what you do that for? He's like, trust me, Jimbo, you'll like this. Yeah, it puts a slow song on. Everyone starts slow dancing and wild party. But um, oh, my that's what is... I want to. That's I'm so glad you mentioned that, because that kind of like clicked in my mind of is this what the 80s was like? 
is this is what it was like before the internet and before we could just watch anything we wanted to or listen to anything it's just like put on a record all the couples go and slow dance in a cabin together in the living room it seems so weird i mean sure why not people that were teenagers in the 80s did this happen let I us say know ask and turn cory but he was already 40 yeah, he was out of that. Yeah, he was retired by then. <laughs> I, I feel bad zinging him when he's not here. He can't defend himself and give me the, give me that. Hey, this also is leading up pretty much right to one of my other favorite moments of this movie is the where he has Ted has the hand through his zipper and everything. Like, this is you, and like has the hand drooped down. And right when one of the Doublemint twins walks in, and Crispin Glover's like. <laughs> He thinks that's a funny thing he's doing. He thinks he's funny. <laughs> but it's his delivery of it. Of he's just like not he's just like plain face of like he thinks it's a funny thing he's doing. He thinks it's so funny. Like the they're they're going after twins, which means they look exactly the same. For some reason Crispin Glover goes, "Or you got the hot one." As one of the twins walks into frame, I'm just like, "Uh-oh." They're identical and dressed exactly the same. There's no way you can tell which one is which. How is there a hot one? They're both hot. They raced shotgun and some beers, and now the party's starting to pick up a little bit. The game that they have to get the corkscrew for is let's dump beer all over ourselves in the floor. Because it's not even like they shotgun the beer. They stab a hole in like the very bottom of it. And it sprays everywhere. And then they open it up and just go, as it pours all (laughs) down them all over the carpet. I can imagine the shitty guy from the 2009 remake movie that was all like butthurt about his parents' cabin. Be like, guys, this is an outside game. One of the guys who Sam the girl was into is hanging out with the twin too much. So she gets mad and leaves to go for a swim. And this is one of the most notable kills in this movie this is also a really like this was shot in the 80s scene of they put that poor girl in that water for like six straight hours and she got hyperthermia and ted white had to basically threaten to walk off the set before the director was like oh okay we'll warm her up a little bit yeah that's i've heard that that's the 80s but good on Ted White, who was an actor and stuntman in the 50s, to be like, hey, this isn't right. No. And supposedly him and the director were at odds for, like, the rest of the movie because of that. Oh, good for, like I said, like you but, said, good move on his part. But once again, Ted White being, like, the gentleman he is, he's like, but I know that the uh, director probably did not do it maliciously. Um, He was just trying to get a film made, but... uh. I don't think he was looking after his actors very well. Like, he still gave him a compliment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she goes to the raft that's floating out there, and she's laying on there. She hears a noise in the woods. She thinks it's Paul. And Jason, like, super fast, too, pops out of the water, like, similar to the end of part one, and just stabs her from under the raft. It's such a cool scene. Well, it's such a great scene, but her fate, her kill face is so funny because her eyes just oh, I love to the side and she's just like, oh, 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 Honestly, probably one of the more realistic kill faces. Yeah, where it's going to be not like, ah, like perfect terror face. It could be like, what the fuck's yeah. happening? You're getting every muscle spasm known because a knife just went through your abdomen. I love that this actress still to this day will do photo ops at cons with the raft where it looks like she's laying in the raft and you she was at one we were at and doing that i'm kind of kicking ourselves for not doing it i wish we would i know because ever since that happened i've always felt like that's such a cool photo op yeah it's probably a lot of work to set up too just this like lady standing in a raft (laughs) yeah raised up above you (laughs) (laughs) but paul feels bad so he goes out looking for sam and by the well, way, as that's going on, one of the twins starts dancing with Crispin Lover, and they go upstairs because all the guys are starting to dwindle down a bit, and she's not going to give Teddy Bear a kiss. No, poor Teddy Bear. He's trying, but he's like, wants it too badly. 
I actually don't like Teddy Bear at all. He's one of my least favorite characters in this movie. I think on purpose. He doesn't reach Shelley levels for me, but man, I was glad to see him go. Well, I don't feel quite so bad for him because I feel like he got kind of got his comeuppance, not only by being yeah. killed, but the, by the fact that he's like the only one that hasn't been laid in the entire movie. Yes. But I love where um the um guy who goes out to look for his girlfriend while he's dancing with the other doublement twin, he like kind of gets undressed and then he's doing that thing we've all done where we're like going to go swim in the lake where we're like crouched down and we're like, okay, at what point can I just dive in and start swimming? Yes. <laughs> he makes it out to the raft and obviously sees that she's dead in there and screams and swims back to like the dock gets on the dock and jason stabs him in the dick and fucking pulls the trigger on the harpoon gun which i'm guessing just goes right through his dick up into his body because he's just screaming bloody murder there's blood dripping down the harpoon gun jason is raising him out of the water over the dock while he's like Fucking, this is why I love my Lake Boy so much. He is so fucking great as a killer. There's no better killer than Jason fucking Voorhees. Hell yeah. Uh, Rob, who's at his tent camping out for the night, hears this and grabs a machete and takes off. Oh yeah, it's so great where he's just like, this is what he's been waiting for. It's like, dun 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 with the machete. <laughs> Is he like Van Helsing going after Dracula? <laughs> like, that's what they're trying to set up here. Like, the machete is a cross. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Crispin and the twin he's with break the bed, but not by fucking on it. They're just lightly making out on the bed and it breaks. Yeah. Uh, I want to also real quick point out that um, once he leaves the tent and to go and investigate, he sees Jason goes by the tent. Jason breaks his gun. And goes away. Yes. But yeah, like you said, they're about to have sex, break the bed beforehand, and then go at it. Like, I could imagine, because Crispin Glover's like, uh, because Doublemint Twin's like, this is your room tonight. And Crispin Glover's like, um, no, this is actually Paul's room. He's like, not tonight, this is your room. I could imagine Paul coming in the next morning if none of the killing happened. He's like, damn, Crispin Glover. <laughs> I like that he has a name, but he's just Crispin Glover. <laughs> of course. Like, yeah. The others downstairs find this weird, like, 1930s oh. film reel. Not others. Teddy. He's the only one that doesn't have, no, like, a A few of them are down there, though, when he finds it. Like, not yes, everyone's coupled off yet. He found it, but he's alone. Yes. Where there's the couple of them in the background, like other double mint twins still kind of sitting around. But Teddy's like, hey guys, check out what I found. I found old porn. Like, I've definitely been this person before at like get togethers where everyone's else like kind of doing their own thing. And I'm like kind of alone. And I'll find like a box that they're like, hey everyone, let's watch the old Godzilla movies. And they're all like, yeah, Brett, whatever. Do what you're going to do while they make out. And I'll just sit there and I'll like drink beer. And I'm like, wow. That was definitely me at quite a few parties in my younger days too. Don't worry. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, just do what you're going to do. Shut up. I'm trying to get laid. But the other twin who isn't with Crispin Glover goes to leave, tells her twin who's in there with her. She's like, well, just go then. And so she leaves. It's lightning out. She's killed like where you don't see the kill but you see it in the lightning flash and it's really cool and they give me enough gore in this movie that i'm okay with missing this to get that cool effect because it's a cool atmospheric kill of we still yes. kind of see the kill but it's just like in a lightning flash with a shadow and then we still get her thrown against the building with the spear but yeah. it is just this movie is so great with its atmosphere at this point it's really raining which comes into play, I believe, because, like, it's just an extra layer of what's going on for that night. You know, it's a stormy yeah. night. There's a killer. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, exactly. I also, real quick, want to point out a tiny thing of, I love when you go outside, you can see the film reel, like, the do 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 like, through the window, like, how it's doing, like, the projector type thing. Yeah. Mama Jarvis is home, but the power goes out. She's by herself. So she goes out to investigate. I don't know why she goes outside, but she goes outside. And 
she turns and screams as the camera quickly cuts. Obviously, Jason gets her. Probably the worst kill in the movie, just because there's no real unseen. atmosphere to it, and yeah. there's no there. It's unseen. I also love where it's like there was Virgin Girl throughout the entire movie is like uh, talking to the guy she kind of likes, and she's like, "I think I'm gonna go upstairs," and he's like, "Yo, you tired?" And she's like, "No." Um. Do you mind sleeping on the bottom bunk tonight? Uh, do you want to sleep on the top bunk? No. <laughs> Teehee! Give me you a minute and come upstairs. <laughs> but that love too, where she's like, good night, teddy bear. And he's like, good night. Because he's like sucking on this joint so hard. Like he's trying to like yeah. suck the essence out of it. Just like, give me something for tonight. He turns around to the guy. He's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, yeah, man. Trish and Tommy come home and they can't find their mom. Uh, Trish goes to Rob's camp looking for her and she goes into the tent and you have a Jason fake out like because you see the shadow with the machete behind the tent and everything and Rob rips the tent open is about to stab her thinking Jason's in the tent. He's like, oh, it's just you. What are you doing here? And he he slashes his own tent with his machete. He's just destroying his own things now. Well, the whole reason he has a tent is to kill Jason, so I think he, he thinks he has him here, so I get it. Yeah. Back at the party, Crispin asks the twin after they've had sex if he was a dead fuck, and she goes, I think you are incredible. This lights up Crispin Glover as he goes downstairs to brag to Ted. Well, I, it's because she's like, I thought you were incredible. In fact, I want to do it again. Um... I'll be right back. Don't move. And like you said, he like goes down to like gloat to Ted because Ted's still just sitting there watching the vintage porn all by himself now. And Crispin Glover's like, why don't you run this through your computer, Teddy Bear? And it's like her panties. Yes. He goes to the um, kitchen and like, where's the corkscrew? Right that is Jason grabs the corkscrew, shoves it through his hand and then knife to the forehead. Such a cool kill. I just love the delivery so much. Hey, Ted? Hey, Ted, where's Corkscrew? Hey! Ted! Ted, hey, Ted, where the hell's Corkscrew? Wham! It's right through the hand, and then the butcher, like, thing through the face, and there's all the blood, like, spurting out, and Crispin Glover's, like, expression looks real, of just, like, holy fuck, this hurts. Then, from outside the house, bursts through the window, grabs the twin, and throws her out onto the car. Really cool scene. As and all, when she hits the car, all the glass from the windows and windshield explode out. Really nice effect. Looks awesome. But this is, like, also, like, Jason's starting to teleport. He was just in the kitchen. Now he's standing on the roof and does that. Then the next scene we see him, that he's back in the kitchen grabbing a knife. Oh, all the tropes are starting to be set. Yeah. Rob's telling Trish how he's been hunting Jason and how his sister was killed, all that stuff. He's going through all the articles that he's clipped over the last, like, he did this yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At home, Tommy's in the basement trying to get the power back on, just to establish it's out. And now we get to the Sarah and that boy, I think, Doug, shower sex. Tangerine. Which, um, that... That actress was very against doing nudity, so when we see her butt get pushed pushed against the glass, that's a stunt butt. Oh, a butt double. Butt double. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which um, I just I just love that they say butt double. Yes. <laughs> Downstairs the film stops and Ted goes up and like looks at the projector screen. That's not how these things work, bud. But then Jason kills him through the screen. You want to jump off that screen and get with Teddy Bear? <laughs> but it is a really great scene where the knife goes through the screen. Ted's expression lights up like, oh, and like, um, he, like he gets drugged through and then there's all the blood on the screen. This actor also during this scene was like, well, Ted's supposed to be smoking weed. I'm going to get high before the scene and do the scene high and then he's like i forgot i was an extremely paranoid like 
I was extremely paranoid when I smoked weed. So he's like, they couldn't use any of the scenes, and I basically like ruined an evening. <laughs> oh. After the shower sex is done, the boy is still in the shower singing as she's blow drying her hair in the other room. Jason gets in the bathroom and mashes his face. Like it's one of those sliding shower doors, like I have, and punches through that, basically mushes his face against the side of the shower to death. Again, just all the kills in this one are top-notch Friday. It look it's so simple, but it looks awesome. And more what gets me is the sound of there's the crunching yeah. sound and you see his eyeball it's just his expression is just like holy fucking shit you know yeah and then sarah goes back into the bathroom sees the dead body she tries to run away but she's axed pretty much right away jason wants to ax her a question right through i the knew door. it i had it written down i knew it i had it written down <laughs> brett's gonna make the axe joke Right through the door, and it's also funny that um, this actress had, like, such a, like, no-nudity clause, because this is, like, action towel of this thing is not coming off. And to the point of the axe goes through the towel where it's pinned to you now. This is not coming off whatsoever. No, it's super glued on. Yeah. Uh, Trish and Rob get back to the Jarvis house, and those two go over to the rental house. Dude, you're all worried Tommy's dead. You get there, Tommy's okay, good. Now let's leave him here again. Yeah. Just take off. Leave. Yeah, do do you not have cars? They do. But okay. But they go over to the rental house and they see the mess as the power goes out over there. Like I don't think they see the bodies yet somehow, which is weird though, because like Ted's right in the living room dead, but they don't see the bodies yet. Right. Well, I think also at this point, Jason's done his thing where he's moved the bodies around so you can get like, True. oh, it fell out of the tree. Um, I love they go to the basement. Nope. Rob goes to the basement and tells Trish to stay with Gordon. Yeah, Rob goes down and he's looking around and then all of a sudden Jason attacks him and we go, he's killing me! He's killing me! Ah! He's killing me! Like... Dude, I like how right before that, Gordon just noped the hell out of there. He jumped out a window. Gordon's not sticking around. Which, there's a great behind-the-scenes thing where you saw, like, Gordon's um trainer, where he had his favorite toy outside the window to get him to jump through it. But it's him, like, it's this old man with, like, a bunny stuffy going, like, shaking it back and forth. <laughs> but Trish finds all the bodies, screams... Right as Jason gets Robin's attacking him. Trish can't decide if she's going to run or not. She goes up and down the stairs like three times, dude. Oh my god, where Rob is getting killed. And it's like, run, run, he's killing me, please run. And she runs upstairs. And then she runs back downstairs. She goes, she's like, oh, she's like hysterical. And then she sees that he's slumped over dead. And then it's like, she has the realization of like, oh fuck, he's still in the basement. Now I'm in the basement. And she goes running upstairs and he like kind of grabs her through the uh, steps and he ha she hacks at him with the machete. Also, at this point, Tommy has found the newspaper clippings and it's like, remember earlier when mom said, Tommy, you need a haircut. Yeah. Well, now he's going to get that haircut. This is his big plan. Yep. But she gets back home, they start nailing the doors and windows shut. And I love how this does nothing, because Jason has Rob's body and just throws it through the window. Well, of course they had to get the body thrown through the window scene. It has to be in a Friday the 13th movie. Jason grabs Tommy, but Trish saves him with the claw end of a hammer as they both run upstairs. Horror Tropes 101. Uh, they also kind of tricked uh, Corey Feldman here. Where they're like, okay, on one, two, three, Jason's going to jump through the window and grab you. But it was like, okay, one, two, then Jason did it. So the like expression and reaction of Corey Feldman was real. They traumatized the child, yeah. Well, that kind's even okay, because you already know it's coming and everything. <laughs> Just do it early. It's not like right. where you don't know it's coming at all. Right. It's not leaving your actor in a lake for six hours and letting them get hyperthermia. Yes. Uh, they barricade themselves in Tommy's room, but Jason starts axing through the door as Tommy grabs the TV and smashes it over Jason's head, stew style. What does this poor CRT TV do to anyone? It's just a nice CRT. It wants to be hooked up to a VCR to play some nice movies. I want to real quick mention, too, 
because I know that you've played the Friday the 13th video game. And one of the big yeah. things with that is getting to the radio to call Tommy Jarvis. You see the radio in the background for like two seconds. It's like, holy shit, they went deep with that pool oh, yeah. for the video game. They did do of, a lot of deep cuts on that. It's such like a big part of the game. And you see it in this movie for like five seconds, if that. They try sneaking out, but Jason wakes up and chases Trish back to the other house. She runs up the stairs of that house. I know I'm cutting a little bit here, but it's yeah typical chase. But she just dives out the window. And luckily it's been raining like crazy for an hour, so the ground's nice and soft for her to hit. Oh yeah, it almost looks like there's padding under there that she falls onto. And this, like you said, Tommy starts cutting his hair in the mirror because he has that uh, police sketch of what Jason looks like. It's like a Bigfoot sighting. I can't get over this picture in this newspaper. Yeah. And this got printed in a paper. Like, Lake Boy? Like, there was actually a boy that drowned in the lake. In this universe. This is real. Like, you're drawing a picture of this, what this community thinks, poor child that died 20 years before. We're back at the Jarvis house, and Trish cuts Jason's hand down the middle like a permanent Spock thing. Oh, great. Oh, I like that. Um, It's a great, another Savini effect of, like, because it was, like, reverse... Uh, filming again where the machete started in the hand and then came out and they just reversed it but then like jason holds his hand up and you see all the fingers moving so it's not like prop hand comes up and it doesn't move no it looks real yeah and jason's about to kill her on the floor he's like on top over there wrestling right as this scene always sticks out to me little Corey feldman tommy jarvis behind Jason! As Jason turns around, he's applied eye makeup, he has cut his hair, he's popped his collar like a little polo shirt, like young boy Jason. So Jason turns around, is distracted, he's like, Jason, remember! And distracts Jason long enough for Trish to get up, swing at him, doesn't kill him though, just knocks his mask off, and then he's out of his distraction. So he's going back after Trish again, but Tommy comes up, Brett, and just machetes him in the head. And Jason falls. And his head does that like sickening. Squeak down the machete. Well I know like I um, listened to Tom Savini talking about like designing this face for Jason. And he took cues off of his original design for Friday the 13th part one. Which you can kind of see with it. It's kind of like skewed the same kind of way and whatnot. Um it is also just so great of just the slide down and it's like the animatronic or whatever they have doing. It's like mouth is going, it's eye is like moving all around. It's not just like dummy uh, from neither living dead 1990 where it's like, that's obviously a dummy. No, this is like really good animatronic. Yeah. It looks awesome. And so he's dead, but then his finger twitches, so Tommy just starts hacking him to bits in slow motion over and over again. Die! As he's cutting Die! him. And Trisha's screaming. Die! And then it goes full white screen. Cuts back to Trish in the hospital. Can I see my brother now? Okay. Tommy's standing at the doorway like this little ominous, like, Damien from the Omen Child standing there. But there's nothing actually weird. He goes and gives her a hug, and I know he looks up and his eyes are supposed to look evil or something, but it's just a kid who went through a traumatic event and the camera freezes on that. Yeah, and they're definitely, like, trying to set it up of, like, Tommy's the new Jason. They tried this so many times in the 80s. They tried this with Tommy... They tried this with Jamie in the Halloween series. Like, yeah, they wanted to pass it off to a kid. All of these, and, and then they tried. They were like teased it, and then they got too scared and went right back to just the person. Yeah, they never actually gave it a go on any of them. And then credits, and that's Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, which I enjoy this ending more than the ending that they cut. Have you seen that? No, tell me about this. Oh, where um Trish and Tommy are asleep on the couch and they get woken up by police sirens and Tommy she once again Tommy sent out to go find the police 
by himself and Trish notices there's water dripping from uh, the second floor, goes up, finds dead mom in the bathtub. Jason's behind her, slashes her. It's like a dream thing because like the mom looks up and she has like white eyes like the, uh, the beyond. See, I, they didn't do the dream ending with this one, which makes me think they really, at least some people on the team, wanted this to be the ending. Yeah, where yet the other three, even in part three, they have the horrible dream ending of, like, Worm Mom jumping out of the fake lake. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I can't really say I have too many final thoughts, because I gushed about this movie for, like, an hour. I love this one. This is... At least top three, probably, for me. I don't know what spot I'm putting it in, but man, it's up there. I would agree with top three. I don't want to exactly say, because one day we might do a Friday the 13th ranking, once we run out of the movies. I'm sure. And, yeah, I mean, such a fun time. You ready for Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, the problem with Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Friday the 13th, the final chapter? And... I'm guessing because even though they killed Jason, I'm guessing you didn't count him. No, we literally named the rule the Jason rule for people who right. keep coming back. So I'm going to guess, very fittingly for this series title, 13. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Well, it's Great Scout of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll pick something from the movie, and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst, and 10 being the best. I'll come up with that thing right now. All right, I have one. Okay. Um, You know, Ted, after he's, like, completely, like, shot, like, he's completely blown it with every woman in the house, so he just starts watching a movie that he found? Yeah. So I'm gonna say, you found a movie, like, you're the, you're Ted. You're like, fuck, man. Oh, no, I hate myself. Like, you're like, I... Like, really wanted to get laid. Like, semen's coming out of my eyeballs. I'm so horny, it looks like. Okay. okay. Um, and then you're like, well, it's not going to happen tonight. And then you stumble across the movie to watch for the night. As he does with the porn that he finds and makes fun of. So okay. I'm going to do, you're Ted, you stumble across the movie. How's your night going to end? How's your night going so far? Um... A number one movie, the worst movie you could find, Sharktopus. <laughs> okay. Uh, number 10. You're not even going for your classic. You're not even saying E.T. anymore. Sharktopus is the new one. Yes, yes. Fuck that movie. Um, number 10, the best movie you could find. God, I'm trying to put myself in that mindset of like, you're kind of down and out. All your friends have like kind of left you and have like gone off with these like, significant others that they've either been with or found you're sitting there alone i'm gonna say you found a three stooges like box set because that's gonna put you in a good mood no matter what just like oh fuck it's the curly years you know it's like oh i love i love the plumber sketch that's my favorite um you get the box set all the discs are scratched except for the curly joe episodes oh yeah that's all you're left with um, I'm going to give Friday the 13th part four, the final chapter, 10 out of 10, of course. This is like, you find the Stooges box set. Every disc is perfect. Not only do they have Curly, they have Shimp. Like, and I love Shimp. Um, but yeah, Friday the 13th part four is perfect. It's like you said, it's one of the very top of this series. This series that I adore more than almost anything else. I went a perfect 10 out of 10 movies I would get, which is the first, as much as I love this series, this is actually the first 10 I've given to a Friday the 13th of what we've covered so far. Really? So it puts it as the first Friday the 13th entry into our Hall of Fame, which is any movie that gets a perfect 10 from both of us. Fuck yes. And this series deserves it so much, especially this one. This one, almost more than any of the other ones, feels like a movie. This is, like, this is what you show someone and say, this is what Friday the 13th is capable of. Like, at its peak, here you go. Here's one of the ones you could show somebody. Yeah, this is, like, a perfect one to introduce someone to the series, I agree. Yeah. 
And I hope you guys had a good Friday the 13th and you're having a good throw October. You kind of got a double whammy with today. It's awesome. Yeah, holy shit. Enjoy today. This is rare that we get like uh, Friday the 13th in October. Holy shit. Light five pumpkin spice candles. And this is the first ever Friday the 13th on a Throbtober, just saying that. Yeah, exactly. I, I have been looking forward to this episode so much because it's the double whammy of Friday the 13th and Halloween at the exact same time. I hope you guys enjoy the fuck out of this. Right after the, you get done listening to this episode, go watch another Friday the 13th movie. There's 12 yeah. of them to pick from. I'm sure there's marathons all over the place today. Oh, there better be. And there better be fucking news on that goddamn new Friday the 13th series, motherfuckers. I thought you were going to release it on the Friday the 13th in October. No, all of a sudden it's going to be 2024, supposedly, as of recording of this episode. You had the perfect time slot to drop your brand new Friday the 13th series in. No, we gotta wait. But I'm not going to think about that too much because... I am so glad it's coming back. Yes. But unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got. All right. Well, just basically like, you know, when you like go to carve a pumpkin and there's all the guts and stuff, usually you throw it away. Dump that on yourself. Become the pumpkin. And we hope that Friday the 13th part four, the final chapter has left your brain throbbing with horror. All right, that's the end of the episode, guys. You know the drill. Follow us on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. Please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And come back for next week for the next episode.